Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Real Film Nerds Podcast, episode number 255. I just want to start out by saying thank you for being a friend. For those of you who do not know, we are recording today on the infamous Betty White's 100th birthday, and it is celebration of her life across the world. She almost made it to 100. Everyone's golden girl, Betty White, we miss you. I will be watching episodes of the Golden Girls this evening until I go to bed. So anyways, I just wanted to put that out there. That's a big thing that's going on in the entertainment world, the the celebration of Betty White's life. So anyways, all right. My name is Matt. I am one of your two hosts for the Real Film Nerds podcast. With me as always, the mysterious and super talented Mysterious Mike Talent. Miguelito, how are you other than being tardy? Uh, I'm doing great, Matt. Oh, I didn't know I was super talented now. That That's great, um, especially on Betty White's uh, uh, 100th uh, birthday. That's really cool. Well, of course, Mike, you're super talented. And, you know, why? I don't know why you would think otherwise. Your parents tell me all the time when they come to visit. Mags texts me, like, every day. She's like, you know, the podcast is good with you on it, Matt, but you are not super talented like my lover, Miguelito talent. I'm like, well, you know, your last name's talent too, so you're super talented too. Wow. Yeah, that's true. It's all true. I can't wait until she listens to this and has some comments. Oh, I can't wait either. I'm sure she, I will get some text messages, some emails, maybe, you know, a nice text message of a big middle finger. You know, the huge, the typical huge. So, all right, on with the show, Mike. Enough. Betty White talk enough other entertainment talk. Although, you know, got a mad love to Betty White. You know, she was she was a star man and that lady went on forever. She was hilarious. She did she worked, I think, up until almost the day she died. I mean, she was always doing stuff. She was always doing stuff. And it was really cool how many people invited her to do stuff and how much she did. So it was great. Yeah, how much she actually said yes was pretty fun, pretty neat. So Okay, well, on to the exact opposite for our review this week, a movie that is not fun, that is dark, that is twisted, that is based in real life, too. This week, we talk about a film that kind of flew under the radar because I discussed it in the radio. You'll hear that later on. Big name, big blockbuster, big money, big actors, big sets, big everything, but no one went and saw this movie. And that is Ridley Scott's The Last Duel. Came out last November. I wanted to see it. I think it was literally here for like a week and then it was gone. So I finally got to see it. Coincidentally, we got lucky on this one, Mike. It is now streaming on HBO Max. So if you have an HBO Max subscription or your friend does or your mom does, log in and you can watch this movie. So, okay, Mike, do your thing. Give us the breakdown for The Last Duel. All right, Matt. So, uh, like you said, we're reviewing The Last Duel, and this movie was directed by Ridley Scott. It is uh, written by Nicole uh, Huffnerschnitter, 
Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and Edgar or Eric Yeager. <laughs> it is starring Matt Damon, Adam Driver, Jodie Comer, Harriet Walter, Ben Affleck. And this movie is about King Charles VI declares that Knight uh, Jean uh, de la Carouge uh, settle his dispute with his squire by challenging him to a duel. Okay, well, Mike, you did it. That was probably one of your more difficult uh, breakdowns we've ever had, but you did it, Mike. You did it. Congratulations. Yeah, the French, man, the French. Whew. I only know the dirty French words. <laughs> toast? French toast? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, Matt, what are your first impressions of this movie? Um, I know it was, it, it really did fly under the radar. And this is the second Ridley Scott movie to be released and really like kind of a couple months apart. You know, Mike, I, I, I was anticipating this going in. I thought it was decent. I thought it was a pretty good movie. I understand why it didn't do well in the box office in some respects. But overall, I'll say I enjoyed it. I, I didn't think it was a masterpiece by any stretch, but I did think it was a pretty decent film, and I thought it was shot well. I thought the storytelling was interesting, but not for everyone. The acting was flat-out incredible. Matt Damon, wonderful job. Adam Driver always does a wonderful job. But the real surprise for me and not that big of a surprise because she's going to be a rock star is Jodie Comer. She is fantastic in this film, even better than she was in free guy. She is just phenomenal in this film. She just loved it. Absolutely loved the acting. Very, very good on top of it. We got a killer, you know, even if the movie was shit, we still got Matt Damon in a mullet for an in, solid two and a half hours and a bleach blonde Ben Affleck. I mean, come on, Mike, that was hilarious. Yeah, dude, it was a little bit distracting to see uh, Ben Affleck with the beach bleach blonde. Um, I was very accepting of the mullet, you know, it's a uh, business up front party in the back. And, you know, I feel like he was living, living that uh, Jean de la Cruz. Mike, did you ever have a mullet? Um, no, I don't think so. Not really. No. What I find interesting is you really had to think about it. Well, I was just trying to figure out, like, you know, when I was growing my hair out, like, was there ever a time that it was kind of mullet-like? And I don't think the answer is yes. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go with yes. Uh, I personally have never had a mullet. Uh, I've had not many different hairstyles in my life, and now my hair is falling out at an alarming rate so that's cool you know so i you know i would take a mullet right now just if i got to keep my hair i, w I would i'd rock it i'd rock it i you know i'd be fine with it okay all right no that's cool that's cool yeah uh this movie was uh like you said man it was interesting storytelling i, I you know i guess you the first well, I don't know if you'd call it the act, but anyway, the, the the way they first introduced the first part of the movie, I was like, oh, is this going to... And then the answer was yes. It's going <laughs> to show you stuff 
again. So, right. Anyway. Yeah. So it, it's not a spoiler. I mean, it's just how they told the story. And that's where I was going to kind of in my little first impressions that I can see why a lot of people didn't flock to the theaters to see this because they told the story in a very specific way. They told the story three times over from three different perspectives, which I can see would bother and upset a lot of people, but I think it it works with this, especially with the subject matter, which we'll get into in the spoiler section, because this film is clearly he said, she said from start to finish and how far people will go to uphold honor and rights and all that other stuff, even back in the 1300s, you know, it's, and it's, it's brutal. I knew it was going to be a brutal film. Uh, I kind of wish there was some more like fighting ish, like Braveheart style kind of stuff in here. There was a decent amount, but not a ton. But the payoff that the whole last final act or final scene that's 20, 30 minutes long, that was that was the icing on the cake, man. That was where it was at. Uh, yeah, I didn't really know what I was getting into when I watched this movie. I I figured it was some sort of uh, fight, you know, a duel, you know, the last duel. Now, one thing that's not clear to me, Matt, and maybe you know the answer to this, was this the last duel that, that France had? Like, like I, I have no idea. Like, it wasn't real clear. I don't think so, but it 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 might have been, but I don't think so. I think the last duel just comes from the outcome of the duel because one person makes it out and one person doesn't. But uh, the other thing that was interesting that they talk about in the film is they chose a trial by combat and they specifically discussed that the king is like, oh, well, we haven't had that in so long. So it might have been the last duel as far as a public spectacle is concerned, you know, whereas, you know, someone doing it on their own property or time or not with a giant audience that's basically advertised. It might have been. I I don't know. I would have to do research. Uh, Honestly, I don't know a whole lot. Yes, I'm a big history buff. I've discussed it before. I I honestly don't know a whole lot about this time period. This would have been kind of dark ages, middle ages kind of time period. And uh, a lot of the Renaissance, like artwork and stuff, all that kind of stuff is really cool. But outside of that, I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention because, I mean, they call it the dark ages for a reason because it was just a miserable time to be alive. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I just didn't know if if this was like the last duel on record, but you're right, Matt, it does imply that it is the last duel between two people. Like so I could see I could see the interpretation. I I, I was just figuring it might have been one of the last cuz even like you said in the movie the the king's like, "Oh, I thought that was outlawed." And right. he's like, right. no, 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 that's not outlawed. <laughs> right. Well, and, you know, as far as last duel ever, you can't really say that because there was the infamous duel in the United States, which wasn't even a twinkle in history's eye at this point in time, you know, between um, uh, Aaron Burr and, um, oh, crap. I'm Hamilton? Yeah. George Hamilton on the White House lawn. Yeah, but... But yeah, no, I I was talking about Francis. I was talking about Francis last duel. I don't know, man. Yeah, I know. More of like the the medieval times jousting swords kind of duel kind of thing. Yeah, I I, I know. I know what you're kind of saying, but yeah. 
Okay. All right. Well, uh, with that, Matt, this was the first movie that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck have worked together on screenwriting since uh, Goodwill Hunting. And what did you think? Yeah, no, yeah, I I think I mentioned that last week, but uh, I I think it was fine. Uh, I I didn't think there was anything particularly smart or interesting. Uh, nothing. Uh, maybe that's a hard way to put it. Nothing stood out dramatically for me. How's that? But it it was fine. There was nothing. There was it wasn't terrible. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't anything special. I guess maybe the storytelling was special, but the lines were good. Uh, the way everybody, you know, rehearsed them and acted them out was very good. But again, I don't think it was anything super crazy special like, say, a Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, I agree. It was it was well written, but I didn't see anything, I don't know, special. So, so, something about good, Goodwill Hunting was so, uh, for lack of a better word, good. I think it's hard to top that, you know? It's better than good. It was magical, Mike. I mean, Robin freaking Williams, dude. They got Robin Williams, two literally like unknowns, got Robin Williams to star in their film. Yeah, but it was an amazing script. Yeah, I know. It helps a lot, but still, it, it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal, and he was such a good character. He brought so much to that movie. Yeah, I almost can't imagine anyone else playing that character, which is, you know, a nod to Robin Williams. Another, gosh, we're just talking about a lot of death on this podcast. Another very good, you know, actor taken before his time. I mean, he, he gave us a lot. Now, Betty White was not taken before her time. I mean, it would have been cool to see her hit 100, but... Yeah, I mean, she had been around a while. Robin Williams, not, not not quite as long. Yeah, and he just decided to end it, Yeah, I guess, a little quicker than we would have liked to have seen. Well, he was suffering, man. He had uh, some pretty horrible diseases that nobody knew about until after his death. And that's what those diseases specifically that he had, a lot of the mental illness that goes along with it, typically results in suicide so yeah it's just sad to see him go not to keep getting darker and darker i mean why not this is a dark podcast this is a dark movie this is dark subject matter we haven't even talked about what the actual plot's about yet we just know it's about a duel yeah it's about a duel but yeah yeah i guess we could we could talk about that we need to start progressing along in our podcast on our special section because all our special sections have kind of grown together into the middle of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Matt. Well, I guess with that, I will ask you, what are you drinking this fine morning, evening, afternoon? Are you, are and and you know, we've got to hold up a cheers to, to Betty White. Well, Mike, I'm not drinking anything special. Uh, I should be drinking something special in honor of Betty White, but they mostly drank, I think, Chardonnay on the Golden Girls. You know, that's pretty much what she's most known for was her starring roles on Golden Girls. And I'm not a wine person, so but I am drinking a champagne of beers. The Miller High Life. 
Nice, Matt. I, I, I thought you might be drinking the champagne of beers, but I wasn't sure. And so that that's great, Matt. I am... So, Matt, you're not going to believe it. Not drinking an IPA. Lies. Yeah, yeah. I am drinking Sierra Nevada's Oktoberfest and Amber Marzen. You still got some of those. I got a, I got a, I got like 10 of those left because <laughs> it's not my favorite Oktoberfest. So I have quite a few of those left still in the fridge. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's not, not an IPA. It's not bad. I'll be honest. It's one of the, the Sierra Nevada is mostly known for their super hoppy beers. And I'm not a huge fan of hops like at all. This it's a hoppy beer for an Oktoberfest, but it's not terrible and it's drinkable. I like it. It's not bad, but. It's not one of my favorite Oktoberfests, that's for damn sure. That's true. That's true. You know, they, they do have some hops that they like to add to things. But it's good. It's a good beer. I still bought them. I still am drinking them. So, anyways. All right, Mike. I think this is now your favorite segment of the show. I guess I will do it with a question. I, I don't know. I mean, Mike, why don't you go ahead and give us from your book of jokes that I really regret purchasing you for Christmas. Mike, what is this week's incredible, amazing, stupendous, hilarious dad joke? I got dad jokes. I don't think they understand, though. Gotta think I'm funny. Other people never laugh, though. Dad jokes. <laughs> well, Matt, this is a good one. All right. What sits on the bottom of the sea and twitches? Mike, I have no idea. What sits on the bottom of the sea and twitches? A nervous wreck. (laughs) (laughs) God. Oh, Jesus. I really regret buying that for you. It's so good. It's so good. That's the gift that keeps on giving. Jesus. (laughs) All right, Mike. Now comes my favorite part of the podcast mike how does ridley scott's the last duel relate to the marvel cinematic universe all right man that's a great question Um, This one was a little bit harder than I thought it would be, since it's such a new movie. But I was able to find our link once again. And this time it was uh, Gabrielle Gregorini. She was a hairstylist on Avengers Age of Ultron and on this movie as a hairstylist. So getting down into the hairstylists. So that clearly is getting thin long in the tooth for this one yeah i i was expecting a lot more but maybe just i don't know it it does seem like a lot of people work on the same kind of movies and a lot of these people have worked on ridley scott movies which doesn't include any mcu that you know that might be cool if ridley scott did an mcu film that might be cool that might be cool he's you know He's done so many different things. I, I think you do a good job. Yeah. No, it, that would be fun. Okay. I'm going to stop right there because I could go off on a tangent on like what character and what story. I, I'm just going to stop. i stop right there. I'm just going to say it would be cool if Ridley Scott did a Marvel Cinematic Universe film. Period. Done. 
There we go. Spoiler territory. Here we go. Ready, Mike? Let's do it. I think I am ready, Matt. So I'm just going to start off real quick. What did you think of, uh, you know, Adam Driver in a second uh, Wrigley Scott movie in in like a month for us, you know, because he was in House of Gucci, too. He did really well in both of the films. Um, I loved to hate him in this film. He's kind of the opposite in the Gucci film. He's the victim in the Gucci film. Uh, I think... I think he did a better role or better acting in this one, though. I think there was more to his character in this one. In the Gucci one, he was very, I don't know, just one-sided yeah. kind of. I don't know. just. I could see that. I could see that, Mike. I agree with that. There was, there was a little bit more depth to him in this character. Uh, this character was uh, a little bit, you know, ladies' man, a little, you know, interesting. A little, a little bit different, so... I don't know if I would call him a ladies man, but he knew people that could get ladies, so he fed off of that. Okay. All right. I'll agree. I'll agree. And then he gets a big head about it, and the whole basis of this entire story and why it was told and the way it was told was because it was a he said, she said film over rape. Yeah, this is like a hashtag me too, uh, 19 or well, 13, 60 something. Uh, what was yeah, the... it was the sixties, sixties or eighties. I think somewhere in there. I don't, I don't remember. It's been a while since I watched it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, uh, the consequences and the, the stakes and stuff are way, way different. Well, and what's interesting is they not interesting, but absolutely tragic and horrible is they blame the woman she would be executed in a horribly horrible fiery death if uh if the outcome did not be the outcome that we had and i thought that's the way the movie was gonna go knowing how most movies go and especially based on real life but it wasn't i mean i don't want to say it was a happy ending but it went the way it should have because the interesting aspect yeah, I guess that's how I'll put it. The interesting aspect of this film is it's told from the three different people's perspectives. It's told from Matt Damon's perspective, which is kind of the basis and the buildup of the story. Adam Drivers, who's he's the villain. And then Judy Comer, who was the victim. And the villain and the victim's stories, it clearly was a rape. Like in Adam Driver's story, he it he didn't feel like it didn't come off as sexual it you know nothing it clearly was he went in there and forced it upon her which from his perspective you would have thought if he thought he was truly innocent it, it he wouldn't it wouldn't have come off that way in the story yeah it, it was weird man he he i don't know uh watching so you know since you brought it up there's kind of the three tellings of the story and and uh, Matt Damon's doesn't have anything to do with the rape because he wasn't there, but the other two do, and their s- s- memories of that particular part are are pretty much the same, right? And 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 you're like, what? But that what? Like how it, he doesn't view it as rape? He said, oh, what did he say to uh, Ben Affleck's character? Um, something like. Oh, I don't know. Some something to say that like 
it wasn't rape because she wanted him or something? I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, it, it was very strange because, sure, she expresses several times to friends and other people that she finds him attractive, but she never says anything about wanting to be with him, just that she thinks he's a good-looking man. And then I don't know if that got around to Adam Driver's character or what, but basically it's like, oh, well, she thinks I'm a good-looking man. I can have my way with her kind of thing. And maybe that's just the way the thinking was back then or what? I don't know. Well, I I don't think it was like that. In some ways, the movie kind of portrays it as um, Jean de la Cruz uh, is kind of the uh, envy of uh, Jacques Legree. And Legree's character kind of throughout the movie is like taking things from like like he takes over command of of this you know his inheritance yeah the the the, the uh, that castle where his father was a captain and his grandfather was a captain right right yeah yeah uh he takes the land that was supposed to be part of his dowry um and you know the thing that that really bugged uh I think Jean de, de Cruz was his, uh, Cruz was his, um, he saved him in a battle, Legree. And then after that, Legree basically starts to take everything from him. Yeah. Well, but the, uh, the other side is so Ben Affleck's character, Pierre, is cousins to the king of France. And Adam Driver's character, Jacques, is good friends with Pierre. And basically, Pierre just starts giving him stuff because he clearly does not like Matt Damon's character at all. And I don't even think it has anything to do with the family. I think he just doesn't like him as a person and uses Damon's and Driver's friendship in the film to create all this chaos by trying to help jock advance by giving him dowries and giving him all this promotion and stuff to purposely set off damon's character i mean yeah that that might be true that might be true but it, it, anyway i i feel like you know ha- half the movie you're just seeing uh legree just get all these things and matt damon's like struggling uh, you know jean de la cruz is is uh, struggling, uh, trying to, you know, make ends meet with all the stuff, all the responsibilities he has. And, and it's just interesting. Well, and the thing that upsets me talking about Ben Affleck's character, Pierre is given all this wealth, has all these things because of his relationship. He didn't earn it. He didn't fight for his cousin. Who's the King. He didn't go to battle. He didn't do shit. He just sat there and partied and capitalized on all this shit that's being given to him. Matt Damon's character and even Adam's driver's character, at least initially, are out fighting in the name of the king, doing everything they can to help grow his empire. Now, Matt Damon's character keeps going with that. And I mean, he's dramatically older than driver's character and all that. Driver's character stops kind of going on these war battles and stuff, earning money, and just capitalizes much like Pierre does back home. And so he slowly starts going from being more like uh, uh, John 
to being more like Pierre throughout the the duration of this film. Like he starts abusing women and rapes a woman, and then he pays for it. You know, I'm I honestly I'm glad that's what the outcome of the last duel was. Is you know Driver's character got brutally executed. I mean, not executed. I mean they fought. You know, but he just got taken to task. Yeah, yeah, and even even uh, at the end there, he was like, "No, I didn't do this," and it's like, "Wow, like it was just denial crazy. from the beginning." But but that's why I find the storytelling works for me, and you know why it might not work for a lot of people just with the three parts. But why it works for me is because even from Jacques' perspective, he saw it as a rape, and still denies it to the bitter end, to the bitter end. That he didn't rape her, but clearly he did. Yeah, I couldn't believe it, you know. And they even show him going to confession. He's like, "Yeah, I was with the, I committed adultery." You're like, "What?" Not that I brute <laughs> savagely, you know, raped a a young woman. No, no, I just committed adultery. It was ridiculous. Anyways, okay, so Mike, we've been jabbering on for a while, much longer than we probably should have, but overall. I thought this was a good movie. I don't know if it was one of Ridley Scott's best work, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was well done, shot well, uh, acted extremely well. The sets are really good. I I don't know. I I thought it was a good film for how dark the the content is. I thought it was decent, you know. So I normally would say if this was in the theaters, it probably wouldn't be worth going to just how, how long it is and you really got to like period pieces i'm not a super huge fan of period pieces i like them but i'm not a huge fan of them now that it's on hbo uh max i definitely think people should sit down and watch it i definitely do what's your thoughts uh yeah i mean the storytelling is a little bit unique a little different here because you're kind of seeing the same thing over and over again but it's giving you everybody's perspective and it's kind of funny to see the perspectives of the, the two knights versus, uh, versus, um, uh, Jean de la Cruz's wife, uh, Marguerite de la Cruz or de, de Cruz. Um, anyway, uh, played by Jodie Comer, her characters. <laughs> I, I like that. Um, when it's introduced, they're like, and the truth. Um, it was interesting to see how like Matt Damon remembered the events of uh, Matt Damon's character uh, remembered stuff and how, how it was actually like he, it was much harsher. Like he, he definitely softened it up and stuff. Like it was, it was interesting to see. And and I think that's how people's memories are. You know, you, you might not remember the exact, uh, how things went on on a lot of the events of your life and it was interesting to see that but uh i would say you know you should definitely see this on hbo max it was a little bit long uh i would say that was a little bit long in i you know i kind of i i like some period pieces and and this one was okay it was just I don't think it was super anything special, but I don't think it needed to be, uh, I don't know, uh, bombed so badly at the box office. I'm not sure what happened there. I think it was bad promotion or something, man. I don't, I don't know. Like, it was well done, you know, great actors, uh, good special effects. I mean, it, I mean, there was a lot of money spent on this movie, and uh, 
for it to bomb, it's kind of sad because it's like it means that's one less time we're going to get another period piece because it'll be like, remember the last tool? Right, exactly. And so why are we going to pay for this again? So, uh, yeah, Mike, I, I don't want to get like keep going and going and going. But one thing just to touch on memories, a lot of people's memories are tied to your state of mind and your feelings at the time of said event that you remember. And so if you're having a bad day, you're going to remember that event, even if it's something really wonderful, like buying a new car or something as tedious and awful, which I always found quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that is definitely interesting, but I, um, I, I think I like the way it was told. It was just, it was just a little bit long. Yeah, no, and that that's one of the things I touch on, you know, in the radio segment you'll hear in a little bit. Uh, I, I think it was definitely too long of a film, and not to slam uh, uh, Jean's story, but honestly, if you cut out the first part, you still would have a pretty solid movie just between the story of Adam Driver and uh, Ju- Ju- uh, Judy, Jody Comer's character. Just those two stories alone with the final, with the last duel would have been a perfectly good movie. But again, Damon's story adds to it a lot because that's kind of the basis that you pull the other two from. And there's a lot more detail in that story versus the other two. But still, it, I think it'd be a solid movie without his perspective in it. Yeah, no, it it would be, but we would lose some of that because his was probably the the most different than like I don't know he he had his own take of on on various events so we would have missed out on yeah, that yeah yeah all right Mike so how many reels uh so I'm gonna give this one three reels out of five I thought it was it was solid it was a solid movie uh I I feel bad that it did so poorly at the theater but i i think this one's gonna do well on the streaming and especially it's on hbo max early so i i think a lot of people are gonna watch it now i hope so i hope so because i i would hate for you know us to stop getting movies like this because that's what we need we don't need a gajillion marvel cinematic universe superhero comic book movies i mean i like them i really like them but i also like stuff like this because it's different and there's Nothing wrong with a lot of variety, especially when it comes to art. And that's what filmmaking is. It's a form of art. But Mike, um, as mostly, I can't say always anymore because I was pretty harsh for 2020. Uh, 20, I mean 2021. Gosh, Jesus. It's like I missed a whole year from COVID. 2022 is starting out on the right foot for me, I guess, Mike, because I am higher than you again. I give it three and a half out of three out of five reels. All right. Well, I mean, wow, great, Matt. I'm I'm glad you're you're uh uh I don't know, maybe you're feeling a little less harsh. Oh no. I'm still bitter and dead inside. Oh, okay. All right. Well yeah. good. Yeah. Good. I'm glad that the movies didn't shake that. <laughs> All right, Mike. So to be nice to you, we're going to continue with streaming service films. Now this one is actually more of a request from my lovely co-host or she's the host and I'm just her special guest once a week on Lisa live and local on magic 99.1. But, uh, next week we're going to talk about being the Ricardos. It is an Amazon 
film that follows Lucy and Desi as they face a crisis that could end their careers. Well, all right, man. I, I don't know anything about this, so uh, I will be learning and, and watching and enjoying. Well, Mike, here is one thing that turned me on to it, and I knew about it before it came out. I thought it was going to be in the theaters, but it wasn't. Uh, just right off the top, here are three names that make me very excited about this film. Nicole Kidman, Harv- Javier Bardem, J.K. Simmons. Oh, nice. Now, yeah, let's let's watch it. Let's see what's going yep. on. This should yep. be fun. So if you are a Amazon Prime member, it is free to you to watch on your Amazon Prime video subscription. So check it out. Watch it with us. And, you know, we will be back next week to talk about it. And then, Mike, you know, that means it's your turn. So you need to start thinking about what movie you want to do after that one. It's true, man. I've got a couple ideas, but I'm not sure what I'm settled on. So I'm just going to have to hash it out and figure out which one is going to be the winner. All right, Mike. I'm excited. I'm excited. Sounds good. So, oh, also, last, uh, another lastly, uh, we still have time if you want to enter our contest to win a comedy of copy comedy. See, I'm talking like ahead of the way my brains is our thinkings. If you want to enter to win a copy of The Commando. There we go. You can still enter and get possibly a free rental digital code for Redbox. So anyways, go ahead and hit us up and email us on that. Mike, uh, do your thing. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Make sure you go out there and watch or stream a movie. And uh, we'll catch you on the next podcast. Uh, Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie. Matt Hinshaw joining me in studio now on Magic 99.1 from The Real Film Nerds podcast. Everybody, check it out. Good morning, Matt. Wow, getting my name out there out front. Yep, you're with welcome. The pod. You're welcome. Yep. Like, what's it being? What's it like being so incredible? Um, you know, I'll tell you after the show. After the show, okay. <laughs> Can you write down your secrets? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll write down my secrets. Absolutely. I'm excited because you're going to review the last duel. I wanted to see this movie, but it kind of came and went without much mention. That's one of the reasons why I think it didn't do so good. That was one yeah. of the topics I kind of wanted to discuss because right. uh, it came here. It went, I, honestly, I think it might have been at our local theaters maybe two weeks right? tops. Yes. And it was gone. And that's the only place you could watch it? Yeah. The there movies? Was, right. It the was Because it's Ridley Scott and yeah. Ridley Scott is sticking to the I'm not doing streaming thing well, yeah. right now. Yeah. We'll see now. Right. But, um, it, it was a huge, big budget film. There really wasn't much advertising I learned about it almost in retrospective. I remember seeing an ad or two here, but not much. Right. And I mean, this was a $300 million plus blockbuster. Well, and big stars, Huge right? Stars. I yeah. mean, Matt ben Damon, Affleck, Matt Bat- Damon, yep. Adam Driver. <laughs> right. And then Julie, I'm forgetting her name. Oh, and she's the best. Oh, she was she, incredible in this film. She is on um, Killing Eve. Yes. And so I knew exactly who she was, mm-hmm. and I know what a great actress she is. So that's she's one of the reasons why I wanted to see it. Well, I. 
I loved her in Free Guy. I yeah. love that movie to death. It's one of my favorite films of 2020. Okay. And she was the female protagonist in that. Yeah. And I really loved her role in that. And right. this, she blows that out of the water. Yeah. So uh, Last Duel is based on a true story. It's 1300s France. Uh, it's one story that is told from three different perspectives. Okay. You have uh, Matt Damon's character's perspective, then Adam Driver's perspective, character's perspective, and then Julie's perspective right. is the last one. Okay. And so that's why I think it didn't do as well in the theaters as it should have. Right. Because it's an interesting way to tell a story, and it's the same story three times, just three different ways. Right. And how they perceived it, which sure. I kind of liked, but I, I like can see how idea. a lot of people wouldn't. Yeah. Well, that that is a good point. Her name is Jody. Comer. Jody Comer. Gosh, yes. why do I keep saying Jody Julie? Comer? You I'm guys, s- I'm so bad. Remember that name because she's up and coming and she's going to be absolutely amazing. How many reels are you going to give it? Uh, I I loved it, but I think it could have been better. I give it three and a half. Three and a half. Okay, very good. You're right where everybody else is. Seven point four, eighty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I want to tell you that Uh-oh. I saw Don't Look Up over the weekend. Uh oh, what did and you, you think? You hated it. I hated it. I loved it. Really? It was hilarious. It was. Satire. It was totally making fun of what we're doing right now, and I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was terrible. No, it's funny. It's super, super funny. I laughed out loud. And I love the last scene. Question. (laughs) Yes. How many gallons of margarita did you have before you watched it? Not one. Not Not one one drip of margarita or anything else. No. Scott Dandos picked it out and I said, oh, I heard this is really bad. And he goes, well, I heard it's good. Let's watch it. And we watched it. I don't know if he loved it as much as me, but I thought it was hilarious. So It it had its moments. It had its moments. I won't argue against that. Right. But overall, it was a bad film. I I I don't get... uh, I don't think so. Anybody else see Don't Look Up? Give us a call and let us know what you think. And I mean, come on, look at me. I'm the king of satire. Well, maybe, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I am. 99.10. Good morning. Good morning, Ma Henshaw. Matt and Lisa calling you on Magic 99.1. Hi. How's it going? Oh, it's going fine. Wonderful. Tell me, what did you think of the movie The Last Duel? I was not crazy about it. I will be honest. Okay. Why didn't you like it? I love, I love the actors. I thought uh, Jody was very good. She had a large part in it, and um, Adam Driver. He, oh, he always is a really good villain. Yes, but I, I, it was a dark movie to me. It, yeah. it was very dark, very sad, uh, and. Um, I don't know. Uh, it it was sad. They said it was like a true story, which is even more sad. You right. know, right? Sure, sure. Oh. So That's... she's already showing me up. She knows her name properly. Yes, yes. Well, the first name, Jody Comer. Jody Comer. Yeah, See? look at your mother. That's she's awesome. on it. She's probably sitting there with Google on her phone right, in front of right. her face. Yeah. Good for her. <laughs> Tell me, was there any nudity, Ma? We all want to know. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. What did Pa a Henshaw... A body part. Let's put it that way. A body, a body part. part. <laughs> <laughs> which, which... Should I not no. ask which one? Okay. I'll no, ask there were, after. There were, there were several. There were several body yeah. parts. Okay. Very good. How many cookies are you giving it, Ma Henshaw? I'm 
giving it only three. Three. Okay, well, Natalie gave it three and a half. So you guys are pretty much right in the same area. wow. Yeah. The real question is how many snores does Dad have? How many snores did Dad give it? Don't even ask me about Dad. And I'm going to tell you something, and I'm very ashamed of it. Okay? Tell us. I'm ashamed. I fell asleep. Okay, the fight, the last duel started. Yeah. And I fell asleep. Right as, it, right as it started? No, right at the end. Oh, when the actual the duel. The actual duel, yeah. Start. Oh, yeah. Ma, that is, that, yeah, shame on you. So shame and my husband you. had to wake me up. <laughs> Literally the thing that the movie is, is building all about. up to. Yeah. The, the, the 95% of the action right. is the last 30 minutes and she's uh, asleep. I, I do it every time, Ma. I do it every time. No shame on you. Thank you for reviewing the movie for us this morning. We'll chat with you Thank next week. You. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Have a wonderful week, you everyone. Too. Bye-bye. Bye. What are we going to review next week? You should have had her talk about Don't Look Up. Oh, well, I don't uh, have time. I mean, okay, fine, this is I my know. show, not your, not the are you Hinshaw sure? show. We, the last hour, you should just change it. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Tell me, what are we reviewing We're going to watch week? the film that you requested. Oh, finally. Finally. Being Ricardo. Yes, ma'am. I can't wait to see what you thought. Yep. It's on Amazon think. Prime right now. Yep. Just a tidbit about The Last Duel. Literally just came out on HBO Max this oh, past weekend. Perfect. I paid to rent it. You can now watch it if you have HBO okay, Max. Okay, I for do, free. and I will. Thank you, Matt Hinshaw. Check out the podcast. It's called The Real Film Nerds, <laughs> and you can get it anywhere you can get podcasts, right, Maddie Matt? All the podcast thingies and the YouTubes and the internets oh, and all those things. Blah, 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 blah. Thank blah. you, Lisa, You're for welcome. always having me on during the Hinshaw Hour of Magic 99.1. <laughs> 